0: Right, recording this 628 the 30th of june me and nolan back on the pod but today we have a special guest today uh sam sam is is on the podcast a uh, contributor for the strickland and also he has his own pod you guys should go check that out but um you know a question that i always ask the guest is um you know this past Nick season has been like really joyful for me and nolan uh to talk about uh when we got together uh Sam, how do you feel about the next season altogether,
1: overall? You know. Uh, thanks for having me. And um, I mean, I, f- I felt like it was a overall a success. You know, I mean, going into the season, my expectations were super low, especially coming off the season that we had previously. Um, and you know, I just didn't have any ex- any expectations. So to come into it with um no expectations and be surprised the way I was with being able to get to the playoffs and have home court. I mean. And, and, and on top of that, just having our young guys contribute as well. I felt like overall it was just an overwhelming success.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the Knicks had an amazing season. Randall really emerged when we was ready to kick him out. Uh, that was kind of a funny thing. And Obie, you know, we drafted Obi for his replacement and, you know, the emergence of Randall. RJ, his shooting, interesting to see how he develops um, in the future. Quickly, uh, proven to be, you know, one of the steals of the draft. Uh, interesting to see if he continues as a a predominantly a bench player or, you know, does he up his skills and become a starter? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Tibbs, uh, during the ESPN uh, combine, uh, he was pretty much saying during a short little interview how he was saying uh, how he needed, like the Knicks are pretty much looking for wings and shooters to add to the depth of the Knicks and to include with free agency. Um, you know, what what are some guys that you've been looking at in the draft, you know, during this time, a lot of, you know, basketball junkies are, are really really into the prospects nowadays. Uh, what are some guys that you have your eyes on that could contribute to the Knicks season hopefully? Hello? Oh, and he is gone. Oh shit.
1: <laughs> prospects. Some of the prospects that um I've been because I haven't been too much into draft stuff because, you know, I'm still following the playoffs pretty intently. But um, some of the draft prospects I'm intrigued by, at least, is um, Trey Murphy, the third from Virginia, 6'9 wing. Um, Basically like a 3 and D guy. But he's like some people have described him as like Macau Bridges, but like with a little more bounce, which, you know, I like. I like wings that can shoot and defend um and attack closeouts and then um some other guys i've looked at are like trey man like um trey. yeah he's 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 pretty good and he's, he's fun made, to watch <laughs> yeah for sure and you know i mean he's not like what we look for in a guard mainly as a knicks fan with like we're trying to look for like a point guard or like a primary but like having someone out there on the wings where rj can like really help um bolster that scoring that we need creation even yeah, exactly. Like we we that's something that we saw in the playoffs. Like we just need more shot creation out there. And we just can't rely on Randall all the time to like create shots for everyone else. Right. But yeah, um, and then also uh in the point guards, I mean Sharif Cooper's been a big name amongst Knicks Twitters. So a, a lot of people are are for it. Some people are against it because like he's a smaller guard who can't really shoot or hasn't shown enough consistency with shooting but his playmaking is like unreal
0: you seen his and, workout that workout went viral
1: yeah i saw it it was it, it was a good workout and the shot looks like it's, a, it's improved a bit i mean he still looks like he's throwing it a little bit yeah. upwards but like i don't know maybe he's he's still gonna keep tweaking and working on it but i mean that's the most concerning part for me with 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 guard prospects is can they shoot because we we already dealt with enough lack of shooting at the starting point guard spot this past year with um number six so (laughs) yeah Uh, no what you think
0: about that
2: oh yeah i mean i like all those players said i mean someone else i would look at a little bit would maybe be Zaire williams is probably in that range a little bit um i think he fits you know just in terms of like a wing that can shoot and probably someone like if you could trade up like I mean, I told you this before, Hansa, but just I'm in love with Moses Moody's game. If you could somehow get up that high, if he drops to like 12 to the Spurs or something, maybe. But I mean... You've seen this picture with the wingspan on the doorway? No, I didn't see that. You didn't
0: see that? Dude, he's covering the whole doorway with his hand.
2: No, but he really reminds me of like a like a Joe Johnson type player. Yeah. it's like his two-way ability and the fact that he can shoot from the outside. Um, I know it might be a little... You'd probably have to move RJ to the two then, or one of those two at the two. But, I mean, I think you could kind of figure that out.
1: That's but I, don't,
2: I, I really don't think that's – I don't think he's going to be there when the Knicks draft unless they trade up, though. So.
0: Yeah, interesting he said uh, Troy Murphy the third because uh, he's shooting 40, 10 per, 43% from three, 92% from the free throw line, which is a good indicator. You know, they're shooting a high percentage from the free throw line. Good indication, you know, how well he'll shoot in, in the next level. Um, doesn't get to the line as often, which is, you know, a little concern with a wing. But, you know, a lot of guys had that concern. You know, Mikel, a lot of those guys, three and D guys, they don't get to the line as much in college. But it, it translates in the NBA. Um, you know, I, I, of course, like Josh Christopher, uh, Corey Kisper. I was looking at a few mock drives. You know, Corey Kisper looks like he he might go with the bottom lottery. Uh Might have to trade up if the Knicks were looking at him. He fits that mood a lot. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where they're going to draft, Uh, 19 and 21. And then, you know, the 30, I believe it was 32, right? They got 32. So it's going to be like a a, a late first rounder. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um,
2: It's something on late that I was looking at was actually, I mean, it'd be like the later, later rounds, like maybe like 58 if we hold on to that or whatever that pick is. And I think we have one of the 50s. But uh, I saw the interviewed him was that uh Miles McBride, Miles McBride from yeah, West yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Um like I said, he's probably gonna go in the second round, but um I think he's a versatile scorer and he can finish really well for his side size and still can like shoot good mid range. I think he shot 41% from the three the last year. So I mean, it's not exactly you know like your plan A or anything, but if he's still on the board when you're picking that late, he's definitely worth a flyer.
0: I knew it you you, you brought up uh, Zaire, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and interesting cuz he had a pretty disappointing year in Stanford. I believe he was like 6 uh in uh, the ESPN rankings of uh, prospects going into the college year, but he mm-hmm. was uh, he had a disappointing year at Stanford. Uh I think he might be in that range at 19.
2: I think Maybe. yeah, now I've seen a few mock drafts with him going to us. So I mean, he can shoot the ball really well and has like great defensive ability in the perimeter and just one of the purest shots I think I've seen from all the draft prospects that I've been looking at
0: uh, Sam um, anything like during the draft lottery that surprised you you know the Warriors got two picks the Magic got two picks uh you know Detroit got the first pick. looks like they're gonna go with Kate uh anything surprised you anything you want to talk about of the lottery
1: um one thing that surprised me well it's not even really surprising one thing that kind of like pissed me off was Cleveland getting into the top three. I mean, they, they, I, once I saw that they got into the top four, I was scared that they were going to get another number one pick because they had that whole stretch where they went like three out of four years. They got number one, even though they picked like Anthony Bennett, one of those picks. I mean, it's still, you're still gifting Cleveland another number one pick. Um, and Toronto moving into the top four was kind of surprising too. Um, I guess Adam Silver kind of paid them back for letting them play in, t- in Tampa this whole year, so he kind of repaid them for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of went the way I thought it would go. I expected the Wolves pick to end up with the Warriors, and I expected the Bulls to get um, the Bulls to have their pick with Orlando. Um, I know Houston Rockets fans were probably scared that um, their pick was going to go to OKC because I think if it dropped out of the top, four it would have went to okc so that was another thing i was looking for but yeah i mean it kind of went pretty much how i expected it to
0: yeah uh, a lot of question marks are surrounding cleveland what they're going to do with the pick because they still got to make a decision on whether they got to pay Colin. you know they want to keep garland uh they want to you know pay uh jared allen after making that trade um gotta see man gotta see i know i Knicks fans talking about Colin Sexton. No, thank you. Please just keep that man away. From you, <laughs> bro. Like, uh, I'm good. I'm straight on that. But yeah. And in Houston, right, see what they're going to do with the second pick, either Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. They're going to have to decide of uh, I've heard a lot of people say that you know, there's not a big disparity between Cade and Evan It's going to be, you know, the eye of the beholder and. And the rock is gonna have to make a choice of either, you know, if Mobley and Christian Wick could play together. I don't know. A lot of stuff got to go down. A lot of stuff. Um, I wanted to move on to the Olympics because uh, they finally brought out the final roster, and you know, it's, it's interesting because you know, Love made the roster over Randall and uh, Jerry Colangelo, the managing director. Yeah, the same, the father of Brian Calangelo who did the. Uh, Embiid stuff, you know. I know you're pretty familiar with that in PA, you Nolan. Know, but, uh, yeah, pretty much. I guess seniority has a lot of things. I had a lot of stuff to do with it. in the 2012 Olympics. He averaged 11 and 8. Was their main big man? Uh, I would have loved to see Randall in that environment. Do because a, a lot of recruiting goes down in those, you know, in that time. Uh, I don't know. I would have loved him to see see him in that environment, play with other uh superstars in the league. Uh, what you thought about that, Sam?
1: Um yeah I mean I'm a big supporter of players going to the Olympics because not only in the past have players improved after going into international play it just helps players get like more familiar with different roles because like for example someone like Randall he's a primary on the Knicks but like in olympic basketball he would probably be used more to his strengths where he's like rolling to the rim or he would probably play like other roles that he's not more that he's not familiar with that he didn't play this past year so it would help him expand different roles in his game so that way when he comes back into the next season he has more experience in these roles and then the knicks can try him out in different areas of the court and stuff like that and just like run different things like you're seeing with rj in the last his game yesterday actually versus Greece you saw they ran a couple of DHOs for him getting him driving down to the rim he showed off a step back three like these type of opportunities they present themselves for players to improve their game and it's a shame that Randall wasn't invited they said he was right there quote unquote but um yeah I mean I I would have loved to see him in that environment usually um these guys they 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 benefit from this tremendously so it kind of sucks but He'll he'll have time to work on his game um, with his own guys, so.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I was at with it. It was, like, it was disappointing. He didn't get selected, especially over a player like Kevin Love, who I just genuinely feel like doesn't really deserve it. But um, the fact that he led the league in minutes this year and just – it's – I don't know, it just seems like it's so close to him just getting off playing so many games, so many minutes that, like, as much as I'd love to see him out there recruiting and everything – and getting more experience with the USA team, I'm kind of fine sitting back and letting him do his thing like he did last season and not really like taking much of a toll on his body. Then again, I don't think he really would have been playing like major minutes on the Olympics either. So I don't know. Um, I'm not as bummed out about it as some Knicks fans, but I mean, it's definitely still feels like kind of a slight to Randall. And I feel like he got like the sort of short end of the stick there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I was a little upset. I'm not gonna lie, I was one of those guys. Like, damn, they really <laughs> didn't give him the nod. Like, Kevin Love hasn't played, and like, bro, oh, it feels like Kevin Love hasn't played basketball since like the twenty. The last time the Cavs were in the final, this the last time he stepped on a, a meaningful a meaningful game. Last only time time.
2: You, the only time you see him on like ESPN is when he does like some petty shit, like throwing the ball and just like.
1: Yeah, he's pouting. Like. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's like, how are you gonna reward that? Over Randall, who played like All NBA Most Improved Player, played all every game but one. Like led the league in minutes. I don't know. It just seemed like he should have got to, got in over Love for sure.
0: No, for sure. And it's gonna be interesting to see how Love uh, how Love plays because I know a lot of executives, um, especially t- like on winning teams, they're gonna be looking at him to see if he can still move his feet, if he can still shoot the three, if he can still play with other elite players on a high level. And if he can still play on an an elite level, right? Because, you know, like the Cavs are definitely looking to get rid of his contract by any means. They're not trying to see the back end of that contract. I don't even understand why they paid him. It was already the end of the LeBron era. I don't don't know. (laughs) I I don't know, bro. Um, A couple of key guys that are on the Team USA roster, Durant, Booker, Levine, Tatum, Beal, definitely a way better roster than we put out last time. When we lost to France, right? Uh we had like Mitchell, we had a young Tatum. We we had a whole bunch of young guys and uh not up to parts of this roster particularly. Looks like Durant's gonna be like the leader of this group, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um talking about coaching changes. Uh we were talking about coaching stuff last episode, and uh, you know, it seems like Rick Carlisle got his job in Indy. Uh, you know, it, it's a funny thing because when we had Swin on, you know how Swin hates uh, Karis LeVert. And, you know, I was – really <laughs> like Karis LeVert's game. I'm not going to lie. And when he was on, I was, like, giving pretty much him a pet talk. I'm like, like, you know, this is starting out, and I wonder what next season, what they're going to do, how they're going to adjust the roster. I really like Karis LeVert as a primary ball handler and all that. And you could tell he was getting a little annoyed. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was getting a little annoyed. But it is what it is. Um they're going to have to make a decision. A lot of injuries throughout that roster, but I don't know. What you feel about the hires?
1: I kind of saw it coming, honestly. It was either Indiana or Milwaukee if, like, Milwaukee had ended up getting eliminated. Right. But it seemed like Rick was on his own timetable and he wanted to, like, make this change really quickly. Um, The situation in Dallas was, like, getting extremely out of hand with – front office management and all that stuff. And he just he just wanted to get out of there and wanted to get a new situation as fast as possible. Um, he's familiar with the city. He he used to coach there back in the day. So that there's some familiar familiarity there. But um yeah I mean there's like you said there is some stuff with their roster that they do have to figure out like um the, the fit with Sabonis and Turner. They got to make a decision I think of, of whether they want to go forward with one or the other. And um, there were some rumors around the trade deadline. I know this was like with their previous coach. I mean, he had like some tension with the with their main guys, but um, it seemed like they were willing to move off of Sabonis and Brogdon at the deadline. So you got to think maybe those opportunities are still there to move off of Brogdon, especially if they view Levert as a primary, um, as he did take over a lot of those responsibilities later in the year. Um, and then um, TJ Warren, of course score but he's he's been hurt a bit with the foot injuries so yeah they do have some decisions to make but i do think that rick will do some good for that team and they they both both sides needed each other because indiana was coming off um firing their coach that didn't work after a year and the situation in dallas like i said before was just not working out for rick so yeah which is
2: what i know Um, with Rick Carlisle, um, just kind of going on what you were saying about whether they're gonna trade players or not. I was reading this article on uh basketballnews.com and it's just like an interview with Rick Carlisle and he's just talking about how they're in win now mode and all this stuff and how this is his type of team. It seems like it's a job he really wanted, which I mean, yeah, you said it makes sense, but um one thing I thought was a little weird about it was just his contract. I mean, think he's getting in four years twenty-nine million dollars or something. Doesn't really seem like that much money. I don't know. I, he's not still getting paid any money from Dallas, right? They just like mutually agreed to part ways, right? I still think he's getting paid for those.
1: Yeah, I think he is getting to get paid still.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. It sounded it sounded like four years, 29 million. I was like, it seems a little low.
0: Seems a little low, but, but we'll see. Uh, temp, um, how do you feel about Malcolm Brogden coming onto the Knicks? A lot of rumors. A lot of Knicks fans are fans of his game. Uh, I am. I don't know how much he raises the ceiling. Uh, what, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, at, for me, it's like I'm picky, but like it's also like he immediately is an upgrade over Alfred Payton, so like that's already a plus within itself, and that just adds five wins within itself. Um, i mean we, we saw this year a lot of games came down to like one or two possessions and a lot of those possessions were squandered because dibs just had to play alfred to start the game and someone like Malcolm Brogdon who can shoot who can willingly pass will willingly pass um and he has size too to play defense he seems like a dibs type of guard so you know it, it just seems like a, a really good match i don't know if that will happen because you know indiana probably still wants to evaluate what they have with him and their their coaching staff and whatnot but yeah i mean i i I like the fit he fits pretty well here so yeah
0: yeah we'll we'll see what indiana does uh you know where rick carlisle took the job he he recommended jason Kidd to get the Dallas job and the day after jason Kidd gets uh gets the Dallas job and uh mark cuban hires nico harrison uh, Nike executive, strong, strong ties with a lot of players in the league uh, dealing with Nike. You know, he makes a lot of decisions in Nike, and Cuban was able to snatch him over. Uh, I don't know how that's going to ruffle the feathers because, remember, they had Donnie Nelson there for damn near 20 years. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, as far as J.C. Kidd getting a job, I was never a fan of Jason Kidd coaching-wise, you know, his job in Brooklyn. Uh, the Bucks. as soon as he got out of there, they shot up with Mike Boonehoser. And we see now, you know, Mike Boonehoser is a good coach, but not an elite, elite coach. We, we see that as obvious now. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about the hires?
1: Um, man, if, if you follow me, you know, it's always a Jason Kidd slander zone on, on, on my Twitter feed. Um, I've been a huge um, accuser of him. Messing up Giannis's form. Maybe he didn't have a direct correlation to it, but I know I think I read something about him telling Giannis to stop shooting when Giannis's form was actually good and it was a consistent, like f- a consistent motion. And ever since then, I mean, we've seen what happened to Giannis's shot. I mean, now it's probably preferred that he doesn't shoot, but he kind of does to keep the defenses honest. But I mean, just gotta imagine what if Giannis never stopped. Consistently shooting when Jason Kidd told him to, and I mean, even when you look back, um, even before Budenholzer, that middle period between Kidd and Budenholzer when they had like that, their assistant step in to be the interim after they fired Jason Kidd, they almost made the second round as a seventh seed, um, because they gave the the baby Celtics without Kyrie and Hayward a run for their money in seven games. So I mean. Yeah, I remember we, we saw that like yeah we saw that that with a competent coach like those guys can compete and stuff like that so and I mean the Nets job I mean it, it, it feels like it was it was ages ago it was a blur so you know I'm, I'm not really a fan of like Jason Kidd getting this job just based on like the on-court stuff setting aside the off-court issues as well so yeah uh, Nolan what's
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. I mean, I'm not thrilled about the hire for the basketball reasons. I'm even less thrilled with it for the off the, field or off the court stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. If, if that's the guy Dame wanted and you think that's uh, the best hire you can make, then, yeah, definitely do that. But it's kind of getting some backfire
0: surprised they didn't upgrade the assistant uh mostly i believe his name is uh luca's a very big fan of him been okay. throughout been in the organization for a while uh just looked right over <laughs> kind of crazy and they gave another chance to Jason Kidd.
2: Oh, my fault i thought i was thinking uh, the trailblazers there for a second
0: i mean i mean we could switch over to the blazers right because um they hired billups i thought that was a good hire seems like the world disagrees Seems like he had an issue in '97 when he was a rookie in Boston. I had no idea that even happened, and and I pride myself on like knowing a lot about the NBA. I think, and and that just I never even heard about that ever ever. I don't I don't know, but man, what do you think about that, guys? Because man, I don't know, man. Portland Phillips, <laughs> the future. How, how how that's looking?
1: It's it's rough because. Man, because like like you said, like I didn't know about this either until like this past like week or so. I don't think anybody knew. And it's just like if you look into the details of it and the testimonies and all that stuff, I mean, it's just it's pretty damning. I mean, they came out of it with a settlement. And I know a lot of people say that's not a really admission of guilt, but like kind of gives off those vibes. And especially if you if you saw the presser the other day. It, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, like, I mean, and then you saw the quotes from Dame on Twitter. He was going at it with fans about, like, the hire. It's just a really bad situation over there altogether. And, I mean, probably X's and O's wise, I don't know how good Chauncey is with that because he's just recently an assistant, and now he's already a head coach. So we don't really know what his X's and O's are. For all we know, he could be a fisdale S coach, like, and if that's the case then that's even worse for dame but i mean it's over it's an overall shit show over there so i mean yeah
2: it's still it's just weird because like by all reports like it seems like that's the guy dame wanted and now that he seems to be getting a lot of the backlash from that hire because it was like i don't know if dame knew any of that stuff or not going into it but now it seems like Fans are blaming him, and that seems like what's really bothering him now. And it's just ironic that them hiring the coach you wanted could ultimately be what ends up like breaking that relationship if he demands a trade.
0: And, and look, and Chris Haynes, who has a very strong relationship with Damian Lillard, and pretty much anything that Chris Haynes reports on Damian Lillard, you have to you have to take a serious look at. And he said that Damian that Damian is frustrated with this situation. And he, I think, I think he might ask for a trade when the when the offseason like really officially begins, he might, I think he might axe out. May he might ax out to the Knicks. Might he might just give a list. I only want to go to these teams. I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause his loyalty, right? It depends how, how it goes. But I'm just disappointed on how Fisdale never got a job. You know, it may, there's still a few jobs, but hopefully, I know Fizdale- Fizdale just got hired, right?
1: Yeah, he got hired today by the Lakers. The Lakers. Oh
2: damn, damn! I really wanted. Him he to had get to job. hit up that LeBron connect to get that job. Right? Oh yeah, for
1: sure. That is like that just screams LeBron right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw, your, <laughs> I saw your tweet right before this pod, and I was about to like requote it with that in it, but I was like, I'm gonna talk to him in two minutes. I'll just wait.
0: What he said, what he' said even see it.
2: Uh, it was basically just uh, – I can't even have to look at it now. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but I
0: mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, that's, like, they still have a lot of questions on their roster I, on what they're going to do. Like, we were talking about it before, and, like, you can't – like, you know, Terry Scott, like, he's a decent coach, but, bro, you giving him Canner nurkage, Mellow. And two small guards, and then and, and talk about the roster is not the reason why you know we have a twenty nine frame defense. Like, come
1: on. Yeah. And Neil O'Shea hasn't done really a good job of like filling out this roster. Like his best moves were drafting Dame and CJ, and then he just like stopped making good moves after that. And he's been able to he's been able to keep his job security just based on the fact that he drafted those two guys. So yeah,
0: yeah man. And I, I was a big fan of that Gary Trent draft. Uh, you know, draft pick, and then he traded it away to give Norman Powell a $90 million contract? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I wanted to switch the conversation to the playoffs. Uh, the first series I wanted to talk about was Bucks and Hawks. Last night, the Hawks were able to tie up the series 2-2. Um, even with Trey Young going down, they were able to, you know, come as a collective and straight blow them out before Giannis was even hurt. Now Rihanna's hyperextended his knee. I saw the replay a million times. It looks like it, it looks bad, bad. I don't know. It looks
1: it, way worse than it was actually diagnosed, but
2: yeah, yeah. it looks like he tore his ACL, right?
1: Yeah, but thankfully there's no structural damage, so
2: just the a hyperextension,
0: right? I, he'll definitely. I don't think he'll be able to finish out this series, especially how hard they're going now. Like they're going hard on the court, man, and yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, How do you think the Giannis injury affects them now and even in the future? Because he had just 30 and 10, man, and that's a lot of production.
1: Yeah, Giannis was on a historic run. I mean, we've all seen the numbers now. He was, like, he's basically, like you said, 30 and 10 a night, and, like, he does so much for them, and he's carried – a whole lot of their offense, despite having no skill or no bag. Um, And, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, like, you just look, Chris Middleton, he has a good game every other night or so. And and, then him and Drew aren't allowed to have good games on the same day. So (laughs) you're just limiting your options right there. You're hoping Bobby Portis goes off. You're hoping Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, those guys go off. You open P.J. Tucker hits his corner three is like you're just banking on so much without Giannis there. It's just so hard for me to really think that this team is going to even like even without Trey. Like it's hard for me to see them winning this series without Giannis, even though Chris Middleton uh, and Drew are really are supposed to be really good, at least.
2: Definitely. Did you see that uh, Capella might mix and miss the next game, too?
1: Oh, really? I didn't see that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I was feeling pretty much the same way you were. But, I mean, I think they can at least squeeze out a win for the next game. And then, like, if Giannis gets healthy, they still, like, healthier enough to play, some, similar to, like, kind of what Embiid did. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still think Atlanta's probably – you probably have – I mean, it really depends on who gets healthy on which team. But Yeah. But um, it's really – I think Atlanta has the edge, considering I think Giannis has the most severe injury out of everybody.
0: I need to see uh, Cam Reddish uh, have a good game, and uh, all the Hawks fans talking about, you know, how he's better than <laughs> RJ now. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: it it just shows RJ's doing something really well because you know RJ had twenty two on his Olympic squad today. I mean, not today, but that day, yeah. and the conversation immediately focused to a guy scoring, having his best game probably since high school, <laughs> and. Immediately compared to R.J. Barrett, so R.J. Barrett has to be des- doing something well for him to be on the minds of Hawks fans immediately after that game.
0: I agree, and you know I, I like Cam. Cam, you know Cam comes from Duke. I, I I do believe he has a a bright future in the league. Maybe not as a star, but definitely as a p- productive player in the league. But y'all yeah, need to calm down. What I saw on my phone last night, goddamn, nah, <laughs> <man. laughs> nah, nah, um. Interesting point. Like like Middleton and Holiday, they don't usually have good games together, but they're gonna have to if they want to get past the Hawks. Because yeah, Middleton, I, I believe it was game four or I, he exploded in the second half. Remember? Game so, three, yeah, in game yeah. three he exploded in the second half. It looked like you know this was the Middleton going forward, but has slowed down a little bit. Holiday's defense been decent throughout the playoffs. Offensively, he's been up and down. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, the Hawks, you know, Okongu, I believe he got drafted top five, right? Top five, six, five, top six, top six played really well. Last game, uh, Capella got hurt playing garbage minutes. I don't understand what this is. Know. This
1: is the reason why I'm like, I, I wonder what, what goes through these coaches heads when they play their guys in garbage minutes. Cause it's like, you never know what's going to happen. You just seen Giannis get hurt in non garbage minutes. So like, why even risk it? But I mean, to each their own with their coaching decisions. But
2: yeah, I mean Tibbs does the same thing.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm always scared when Tibbs has these guys out when they're like we're up twenty with like two and a half to go or something. What but,
2: is Julius doing out here? Still? Yeah, but I mean I, I mean, I get to his point. Like you don't want to let any wins slip away. Yeah, playing for especially like the second half of the season where wins are so important for trying to get that. Four seed and everything, but I mean, I just, that's been a trend throughout Tibbs career. It's not like it was just this season. For sure. Um, interesting to see what happens in that series.
0: They play in a few hours, so I'm definitely gonna be. I mean, no, 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 the Suns there. they play tomorrow. So yeah, uh, you know, the game that's gonna happen uh, today, Suns and Clippers. Uh, Suns got a three two lead, looking to you know end it off tonight. Gonna be interesting to see. Uh, PG thirteen has stepped up since Kawhi has went down. Had a lot of key games. Uh, last game, he had 41 points. Exploded. Uh, I was telling Nolan this. Like, I think I don't. I think to get the best out of Paul George, he might just have to be your best player, and then live with the ceiling with him as your best player. Like, it just is what it is. To get the absolute best, to get the most numbers you could get out of him, because you know when Russ uh, gave him the keys, you know he had that MVP season. When he was in Indiana, he had all those fault. he had all those good seasons. Struggled in the playoffs, but you know, looked way better than what he did with Kawhi, where he would disappear, not didn't look too involved in the offense. I don't know how you feel about that, uh. Sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, Pete, like I, I tweeted this out yesterday or night, I don't know if it was yesterday or I think it was the night of Paul George going off for those 41 points. But I said him and PG and Giannis, they, they earned their flowers this this postseason. Both of them, they both got a lot of criticism in the past for not being able to do certain things or get over the hump or or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, they both they both came. They both showed out this postseason. I mean, Paul George, I mean. It, it seemed like every time the, the Clippers made a run, the Suns made a run to come back. Then the, the Clippers would automatically make another run to like shut that down. And it was just like it was all because of Paul George. And of course, you know, like guys like Reggie Jackson, um, Pat Bev making key plays. Also, I mean, it's just an overall team effort and testament to um, Ty Lue being able to unlock. This out of Paul George because these guys didn't play like this under Doc Rivers. And I think we all know why, as we've seen with Doc Rivers coach teams over the years, they just don't have that mental edge to them. Um, because you know he just doesn't make adjustments or he doesn't empower his guys. But with under Ty Lu, we've seen a different side of Paul George. He he came into the season feeling more confident, and we heard it. And a lot of people clowned him for, it, especially myself, because I was one of those people that's like. Don't say anything. Just let your game do the talking for you. And he's done that. So, I mean, all credit to him for being able to carry this team without Kawhi and still have them in a position to possibly make the finals if they if all things go right for them.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think because with the game being in L.A. tonight, I was talking to Homs about this a little bit before, but I, I really think that they'll – win tonight and force a game seven and I mean anything can happen in a game seven Chris Paul and Devin Booker haven't looked you know great as of late but I mean at least Chris Paul but I mean um, I think that series can still go either way the Suns obviously are favored just because coming down from three to one is just historically a challenge in its own right but I think that I, I think that the Suns have the more Complete team when without Kawhi, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, a big thing
0: that's been going on on this podcast, uh, me and Nolan forth is the emergence of Reggie Jackson. And see, I-, I think he's a straight fraud, and we will see next year when somebody pays him the money on how how good Reggie Jackson really is. dude was, was crazy.
2: <laughs> it's like
0: Nolan's ready to give him a max contract. I'm not giving him a max <laughs> contract.
2: Let's relax. I like Reggie Jackson. I just don't think he's a fraud at Duke and Ball.
0: Sam, what are your thoughts on the emergence of Reggie Jackson?
1: He is tricky because like it's the pl- it's the playoffs, so he's like he's proving it on the biggest stage, but it's also a smaller sample size compared to what we've seen over his career. But other but I mean also we gotta take into account the type of role that he's in and like how he's being utilized and would he be utilized in that same fashion on this next squad maybe because he wouldn't have so many primary responsibilities because like you're essentially paying him to be you're essentially paying him to be a combo guard kind of in a way Mm -hmm. um because like he he can he's shown flashes of playmaking and like Like I said, it came down to Ty it putting him in the right position. And, you know, Ty has been great at putting all these guys in the right positions for them to succeed. And he did that with Reggie Jackson. So you got to think that maybe if he comes aboard on the Knicks, Dibbs would have to look at some of this tape and see what type of role that he's playing and just like try to put him in that same type of role here. I already said on the timeline that he he's CAA and his agent is Aaron Mitts Mints. He's, he's, he's basically a lock to come here if he leaves LA, like, like yeah. that, that those are all the indicators that you need to know agency wise, just the connections with CAA and who's his agent. Like okay. he's basically a lock. So you got to prepare yourself now and, when you see the Woj notification.
2: And I think like, if you have Reggie Jackson, D Rose, quickly and you draft another guard in the draft that like you have enough talent in that guard rotation that i mean anything's going to be an improvement over elf so as long as you're not giving this dude like crazy money over multiple years or something i see no harm in bringing him in yeah i don't know man
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's also 31 so i don't think he's going to be demanding that much money, but, you I mean, you never know these days, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, not many more chances to make that money, so he might be going for it all. Nah, yeah, no, nah, I see him cashing
0: out this summer, man. I, I had no idea that he was CAA and uh, that the connection w- is tight within the Knicks organization and, you know, his his representation, that's going to be interesting. I, if he does come to the Knicks, I just hope they don't sign him for, like, a four-year, like, 50-year, no, man, like, something
1: yeah i think i think with the guards like if they're not like on the same timeline with our guys i think they'll most likely be like two-year deals yeah so i I don't i don't worry there it's just maybe the amount that you're giving him probably concerns people but i don't i i I don't see these i don't see the Knicks giving any older guard a a serious long-term deal
0: any uh real quick um you know, we're finishing, we're finished with the playoff talk real quick. Any free agents this upcoming summer that you would like to see the Knicks sign since we're on the, on the top?
1: Um, I wouldn't mind Reggie Jackson, I also wouldn't mind campaign. I mean, yeah. campaign has completely revitalized his career and his image around the league. Yeah, and we've seen like he's been able to control the tempo of playoff games without Chris Paul on the court. So, I mean for me that that matters he can shoot he can get to the rim at ease with his weird um herky jerky um pause and stop
2: kind of hesitation yeah
1: kind of hesitation movements and stuff like that so i mean and he can play make like we've seen him like dish out some crazy dimes while chris paul was out he had that 29 9 and zero turnover game in game 2 in that win. So, I mean, he, he's shown that he can, he can do that. So, I mean,
2: and I mean, he's only 26, right?
1: Yeah. So he's kind of on the timeline with our guys. So I'd like to see them go after him. Um, of course, you know, Kyle Lowry, the, the, the main guys that Nick Twitter likes to talk about a lot. Um, Some guys I don't want to see on this team are DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. um, Kelly Oubre and um,
0: his Asian is working hard. But he, yeah, man. Him <laughs> and Dennis Schroeder though. Schroeder talking about he won hundred million, bro. Who's giving you that, China?
1: Yeah, it's either it's either Shanghai or 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 the, or the Lakers because the Lakers are gonna have no choice but to retain him if they want it. So, crazy.
2: I still think uh, Kemba might end up there somehow. I can see Kemba ending up on the Lakers somehow. Like, I don't yeah. think he, I don't think he plays for OKC next year. Maybe you know Son Preston will hold you hostage. Well, like I mean, yeah, over. he did it with CP3 for a year. So and
0: Horford, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that's all the guys you don't want on the on the on the Knicks. The Rosen, which is I, I agree. I agree. The Rosen, a uh, dope player, a little underrated since leaving the Raptors, but his skill set just doesn't sit, doesn't sit well with me next to RJ. I, I agree with that. Um Colin Sexton has been a name. I don't know. If you're a big fan of his game, I don't
1: know. Not really, but I, I would probably end up talking myself into it just because he can, like, score at all three levels. It's just the defense that's really the concern. And he's not really that much of a playmaker. And some people may point to, like, who did he have to play make for in Cleveland, really? But, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if the front office, like, had enough faith in it to make – go out and do that move, I would talk myself into it just because – they seem to have a pretty good grasp on, you know, the league and like the players within it. But if it was some if you have to trade for him and then pay him a huge contract, it makes it really tough when you're not really sure what you're getting yet. Yeah, it,
0: it's man. It, it depends. It depends. One one more name, uh, Kendrick Nunn. A lot of people, they is I see it's like 75, 25, 75 percent of people saying no which is, I don't know if he'll get paid that much. And he has his skill set. You know, he's able to attack, able to shoot the three, uh, good handles, be able to play the pick and roll with Randall. I don't know. I don't know. Be able to start and come off the bench. If they're able to get a good number, I'm more comfortable with them investing in somebody like Kendrick Nunn than investing in somebody like Reggie Jackson, I'm 100%. not a fan
2: of Kendrick Nunn.
0: Yeah, yeah. I brought that up to... Remember, I brought that up to Brad. He just immediately shot that down. It was not... Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge Kendrick Nunn guy myself. I mean, he's been, like... Besides the off-court stuff, even on-court, you know, there's been, like, some times where he's gotten benched throughout the year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of inconsistent. But, yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan of him. So...
2: And
0: Miami, like, speaking about Miami, you know, they're going to have to – it's going to be interesting to see what they do, right, because, you know, they didn't go for Harden. And it looks like, you know, that it looked evident that, especially without – because we don't know what Oladipo is going to do during the offseason. They're in a little bit of a blender. Don't know what's going to happen over there. They have some key moves to make, definitely, for sure. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I wanted to speak about. Um. Shout out to Sam for coming on to the pod. Make sure to check out his podcast. Make sure to check him out on Twitter. Everything will be in the description on YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow me and Nolan on Twitter and the Corner3Pod on Twitter as well. And the website where we'll be having articles and all our episodes on there as well. Uh, yeah, Sam, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. No doubt.